holy shit, I'm back. I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's been a very, very long time since I put anything out into the world. In case you haven't noticed, I had a new puppy come into my life. I'm super happy and grateful for him, but he's been a handful, as any baby creature is, and therefore, I haven't had much time to do content of any sort of degree. I haven't taken pictures. I haven't even taken pictures of him. Some dad I am. Anyway, in case you are brand new to this, my name is Casey, and this is the Omnis Origins Podcast. This episode, like every other one, is still sponsored by MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Go check out Morbidly Beautiful right now for all your horror content needs, from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and everything in between. Now, this episode comes in as a listener request. Yes, a listener actually reached out to me and said, Hey, I'd like to know more about this specific thing, and I wonder if you'd cover it for me. And I said, Yes, one day, and that day is today. I don't want to reveal that listener's name in case they don't want their identity to be revealed out in the world, but it was a very fun email, and I'm very grateful that they reached out. Now, this is going to be about the Queen Mary, and whether it's really haunted or not. We're going to go over some history, we're going to go over some eyewitness reports, and maybe even debunk a thing or two. I don't know. Who knows where this episode will lead? It may be long, it may be short. I don't know. It's been so long. Uh, anyway, let's get started. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. So what is the Queen Mary? Well, it's a ship, an old ship. The RMS Queen Mary is a colossal ship that was bigger, faster, and more powerful than the Titanic. And it currently rests in Long Beach Harbor in California. This at the time behemoth of a ship stood at 1,000 feet and it was originally constructed or born if you're a ship person at the John Brown shipyard in Clyde, Scotland. This was back in 1930. Now, naturally, this was around the time of the Depression, so it got held up a little bit between 1931 and 1934, but she was finally finished, making her maiden voyage on the 27th of May, 1936. For three years, the Grand Ocean Liner hosted the world's richest and most famous people and took them across the Atlantic, including the likes of the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, Greta Garbo, Clark Gable, David Niven, Mary Pickford, George and Ira Gershwin, and Sir Winston Churchill himself just to name a few. Considered by the upper class to be the only civilized way to travel, she held the record for the fastest ever North Atlantic crossing. But then World War II broke out, so shit happened, obviously, and luxury travel became immediately a thing of the past. The ship was transformed into a troop ship that would become known as the Grey Ghost, which is a fitting name. During this time, the ship's capacity increased from 24 110 to 5,500, and by the end of World War II, the ship had carried more than 800,000 troops, traveled more than 600,000 miles, and played a significant role in virtually every major Allied campaign. The ship had also survived a collision at sea and set the record for carrying the most people ever on a floating vessel, which numbered 16,683. It even participated in the infamous D-Day invasion. At the close of the war, the ship began to transport more than 22,000 war brides and their children to the United States and Canada, known as the Bride and Baby Voyages. She made 13 voyages for this purpose, alone, 
1946. Its duty to the war was complete. The Queen Mary was refurbished and resumed her elegant cruises in July of 1947, maintaining weekly service between Southampton, Cherbourg, and New York. However, by the early 1960s, transatlantic cruises were falling out of fashion due to air travel becoming more affordable to the masses. In 1963, the ship began a series of occasional cruises, first to the Canary Islands and later to the Bahamas. However, without central air conditioning, outdoor pools, or other fancy amenities that we have now today, it kind of fell by the wayside. It was no longer really suitable for work. In 1967, the ship was redrawn from service, and after more than 1,000 transatlantic crossings, the Queen Mary retired. Very, very proudly, I might add. That same year, the Queen Mary was sold for $3.45 million to the city of Long Beach, California, for use as a maritime museum and hotel. On December 9th, 1967, she made her final voyage to Long Beach. After 1,001 successful Atlantic crossings, she was permanently docked and soon became a luxury hotel that she is today. So now that the history lesson is out of the way, let's talk about what we're really here for. Hauntings and spooky scary skeletons. That TikTok dances in my head forever, rent-free, living unconditionally in my thoughts. Anyway, internationally recognized, the historic floating hotel and museum attracts thousands of visitors every year. It has also attracted a number of unearthly guests over the years as well. In fact, some say the Queen Mary is one of the most haunted places in the world, with as many as 150 known spirits lurking upon the ship. Known spirits. That's key here, because think about it. How many spirits are going to come and go over the course of a lifetime on a ship, especially because maybe they think it's a transport. Maybe what transports things in life acts as a transport in death as well. And maybe the Queen Mary is just that special that a lot of ghosts kind of... You know, like to hang out there a little bit longer than they should. Hmm. Now, over the past 60 years, the Queen Mary has been the site of at least 49 reported deaths. Not to mention having gone through the absolute horrors and terrors of war. So, it comes as no surprise that spectral spirits of her vivid past continue to walk within her rooms and hallways. Located 50 feet below water level is the Queen Mary's engine room, which is said to be a hotbed for paranormal activity. Used in the filming of the Poseidon Adventure, the room's infamous Door 13 crushed at least two men to death at different points during the ship's history. That's why you don't give the number 13 to anything. Most last time you were in an apartment or a hotel or an office building that had a 13th floor. Granted, I haven't been in a building that big in a very long time that has over 13 floors, but I often remember seeing 12 and 14. And you know if you're on 14, you're really on 13. But, beside the point, it's not spoken. It's like Voldemort. It shall not be named, therefore no bad can happen. Now, the most recent death, during a routine watertight door drill in 1966, crushed an 18-year-old crew member. Dressed in blue overalls and sporting a beard, the young man had been spied walking the length of Shaft Alley before disappearing by door 13. Two more popular spots for the Queen Mary's otherworldly guests are its first and second class swimming pools. Though neither are utilized today for their original purpose, these spirits seem not to be aware of that. In the first class swimming pool, which has been closed for more than three decades, women are often seen appearing in 1930s style swimsuits wandering near the deck and the pool. Others have reported the sounds of splashing and spied wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms. Some have also spied the spirits of a young girl clutching her teddy bear 
In the second class pool room, the spirit of another little girl named Jackie, I don't know how they know her name, is often to be seen and heard. Allegedly, the unfortunate girl drowned in the pool during the ship's sailing days and reputedly refused to move on as her voice, as well as the sound of laughter, have been captured in that area. At least she's still having fun. That's a dark, dark way to think about that. Now, author and paranormal investigator Cher Garmin point out that there are no known drownings who have ever occurred on the ship, although she says Jackie is there. So, myth turned to legend, turned to folklore, turned to a little bit of truth? Hard to say on that one, really. In the Queen's Salon, which served as the ship's first-class lounge, a beautiful young woman in an elegant white evening gown has often been seen dancing alone in the shadows of the corner of the room. Yet more odd occurrences have been made in a number of first-class staterooms. Here, reports of a tall, dark, handsome man with strikingly dark hair has been seen in 1930s-style clothing, as well as water running and lights turning on in the middle of the night. Phones also seem to ring early in the morning with no one on the other end, which is kind of a pain in the ass if you ask me. Now, in the third-class children's playroom, a baby's cry has often been heard, which is thought to be the infant boy who died shortly after his birth. Other phenomena occur throughout the ship as well. There are sounds of distinct knocks, door slamming, and high-pitched squeals, as well as drastic temperature changes and the aromas of smells long past. So now that we have a reasonable understanding of some of the accounts that take place there, are any of them real? Well, thankfully, this place has been investigated to the ends of the earth, with many paranormal investigation groups going to check it out and to get evidence, many of which have caught recordings, video, thermal, EVPs, so on and so forth. But does that really make it haunted? Well, it's hard to say for sure. Hauntings and ghost sightings are one of those things that it's tricky to pin down. Now, personally, I am unsure. I want to say yes, there are spirits that wander, but I don't know if they're actually ghosts or just like a weird echo in time. I know that sounds also weird to say because what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know really what that means either, but, but hear me out, hear me out here. What if we aren't actually experiencing a ghost? It's not actually Steve walking up and down the hallway, but the universe's memory of Steve being in that place and for whatever reason, a permanent, almost burn on the earth just appears. Think of it like if you leave your flat screen TV on the same channel with the exact same image for too long, it gets a burn in the screen. It's permanently there, even faintly, like a ghostly image almost. Now, this is probably older TVs like mine. Mine does that a lot. Newer TVs, fancier TVs, expensive TVs probably don't do that anymore. But when I first got a flat screen, that's exactly what happened. And this TV is like almost... 12 years old now, so that's beside the point. What if that's exactly what's happening? These aren't spirits, they don't have any cognizant memories, they're not harmful, they're not doing anything that is malicious or even innocent. They're just going about their life as the universe, as the earth remembers them. Now what's causing this? I don't know. I couldn't tell you the actual thing behind my theory. What, if it's a god or a demon or whatever, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of what's happening, like a record skipping, a flash of a camera going off, and just capturing that person in that moment forever. Now, it's more likely to catch these things in places where people have died. 
it would make sense. The Queen Mary had a lot of deaths, so maybe that's what's happening. And my theory would go to explain as to why these ghosts seem to be trapped in a loop more than anything. They seem to be spotted in the same place, doing the same sort of thing over and over and over again. Because it's just a snapshot, just a memory. They're not trapped there. Their spirits, if there is such a thing, have long passed. I just think it's like a little movie that got burned into that location for some reason, some way, shape, or form. Now, I know this wasn't a particularly long episode this week, and I do apologize for that, as I haven't been around, as I said. However, I do plan on being back more, but I thought this would be a good little introduction back into things. A nice little short, little tidbit of an episode, if you will. I will be back, hopefully next week, if not, in the very, very near future, with a brand new episode. Once again, my name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a five-star rating on Spotify. If you do leave that five-star rating, absolutely, please let me know, and I can give you a shout-out on the podcast. As well, any five-star reviews on iTunes will get read out as well. If you do want to reach out to me, you can do so on social media, on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd, as in production on Instagram, at Ominous Origins Pod, or on Facebook, where there have been a boatload of you liking the page lately, so thank you very much for that. And that's at Horror Shots on Facebook. So until next time.